Welcome, everybody, to Tokens of Wisdom. I'm your host, Dave Rothschild, a partner at Cole Freeman & Mallon, a boutique law firm based in San Francisco with one of the leading private fund practices on the West Coast. Before we dive into the episode, like always, please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the show. Nothing I say here is legal investment or tax advice. As you all know, I talk to a lot of first-time fund managers. And one common mistake that I hear from a lot of them is that they think the fund entity is their business. See, it's easy for us lawyer types to roll our eyes at that because we're more immersed in the particulars of entity structure than Houdini in his water torture cell. It's easy to forget that not everyone obsesses over minutia like we do. Believe it or not, some people are just good at investing. So I'll be patient and explain it to you slow. The fund is not your business. The fund is a passive investment vehicle. It might be the focus of your business. It might be your business's only revenue source. It might take up almost all of your time, but it's not your business. Your management company is your business. That is the operating entity. That's the entity that employs people and throws smashing fun holiday parties. It leases office space assuming you're old enough to remember what an office is. It has a website and a brand. It engages IT providers. It registers as an investment advisor or claims an exemption, etc. In short, all the little tasks that comprise running a business happen at the management company level. Actually, management company is kind of a misnomer. Management companies is often more accurate because for many fund managers, maybe even most fund managers, they will have multiple legal entities that serve different functions and all of them together are the management companies. If you are a fund manager, there are at least two different functions the management companies have to perform. Number one is the general partner to your funds. Number two is the investment manager. The investment manager is your main operating entity. That's where all the little tasks I just mentioned above are performed. Its revenue is typically management fees from the fund or funds that it manages. The general partner gets the incentive allocation or the carried interest. Unless you have the simplest single entity structure, which we'll talk about in a second, then the fund GP is essentially just a liability shield. It is a limited liability entity, usually an LLC, that blocks fund-specific liabilities from flowing up to the principal's personal assets. It doesn't actually do anything else. So how do you structure your management companies? What considerations matter? Let's dive into it. Anytime you start a new business, you should spend time considering how to structure it. A fund's business is no different. You need to think through structuring from at least four different angles. Number one, tax. I always say that 95% of structuring is tax. Figure out the best tax structure, and you can almost always find a legally palatable way to accomplish it. Now, as you know, I am not a tax lawyer, and my math skills never graduated from high school, so I'm going to keep the tax discussion super high level. Talk to your own tax advisors. Number two consideration, legal. Say it with me now, liability protection. Whatever structure you set up, do everything possible to protect your personal assets from business creditors. Think about whether you have or might have multiple different fund entities. Do you have other businesses that you're trying to run out of this entity? If so, it might be smart to segregate the liabilities from these different funds or different businesses. We'll get into that more in a few minutes. Luckily, in fund structuring, protecting personal assets from liability is usually pretty simple. Number three consideration, operations. Think about your business now and how it might grow or change. What do you need now? 
what will you need later? For example, do you want to split different revenue sources in different proportions? Do you want to bring in outside investors who will only have exposure to your carried interest or to your management fees? Do you have other business ventures that you're conducting? In general, it's best not to commingle different businesses for liability reasons that we'll discuss under the legal section. But from an operations standpoint, you should also know that fund management is a regulated industry. At some point, your business is going to grow. Even if you're not a registered investment advisor today, you might be one tomorrow. And your business will be under a regulatory microscope. You will be subject to routine examination from the SEC or from state regulators. If you happen to also run an illegal gambling den, it's probably best not to house them under the same legal entity. You don't want the SEC or state regulators examining your books and asking why you spent so much money on poker chips and advanced weaponry. Also, now this is just a suggestion, don't run an illegal gambling den, not legal advice. Number four consideration is cost. Remember my number one piece of structuring advice? Do whatever tax says? Well, here's the exception. If the optimal tax structure costs more than the potential tax savings, that's penny-wise and pound-foolish. Every entity has incremental costs. You have to form the entity, pay annual franchise taxes and registered agent fees, prepare tax returns, etc. It's not necessarily a lot, but it can be significant for a small business trying to get off the ground. You might get tax advice saying that you can save taxes on net management fee income by adopting a complicated multi-entity structure. But if it's going to be 10 years before you generate any net management fees, you're not actually saving any money, and you're paying all these extra costs for the more complicated structure. When you're just starting out and you're small, you don't need to overcomplicate things. You can always restructure your management companies down the line when it makes economic sense to do so. So now that we talked through the four main considerations you should think about, let's talk through some common structures. I'm going to go through these really quickly. There's three very common structures that I see for management companies. I'm going to run through the pros and cons of each, looking at each of them through the lens of the four considerations we just discussed. So the first common structure is a single entity management company. You have one entity that acts as general partner to your fund and investment manager. Usually, it's an LLC. From a tax perspective, you're not gaining any special tax benefit here. Depending on your specific situation, this could be a con. More on that below. From a legal perspective, you are blocking personal liability from hitting the principles. That's what an LLC accomplishes. Check. However, you are not insulating fund-specific liabilities from hitting your operating entity because the general partner and the investment manager are the same entity. So if you have ambitions to grow the investment manager and tack on other funds later or do other things out of that entity, you may not want that investment manager entity to be on the hook for any fund-specific liabilities. Remember, the general partner of a limited partnership is always on the hook for the debts of that partnership. So theoretically, if there's a large liability event at the fund, creditors could come after its general partner to satisfy that liability. If that general partner is also your investment manager, a large liability event could bankrupt the entire business. From an operation standpoint, single entity structure is not achieving anything special. The pro, it's simple. The con is very context specific. It might be fine, it might not. Do you have different sets of investors that might want exposure to carried interest versus management fees? Do you have other businesses? Remember to separate out your gambling den or anything else you don't want regulators to see. From a cost perspective, this is the cheapest you can get. From that angle, this is the best. Bottom line, single entity structure can work fine for small first-time managers with just one fund and no other businesses, and not in a jurisdiction where bifurcating achieves a serious tax advantage. 
The second common management company structure I see is what I call a bifurcated management company structure. Buy equals two. Can you guess what this means? Ding, ding, ding. Two entities. You have one LLC that acts as general partner to your fund, and you have another LLC that acts as investment manager. From a tax perspective, the management fee is going to the investment manager. The carried interest or incentive allocation is going to the general partner. Depending on your jurisdiction, where your business is based, this can have tax benefits and potentially shield your incentive allocation or carried interest from certain specific taxes. I'm looking at you, New York and Texas. Of course, there might be more complicated structures too that could save even more in taxes. Keep listening. From a legal perspective, the bifurcated structure offers personal liability protection just like the single entity structure does. They're both LLCs. Check. An additional benefit to bifurcating the management companies is that if you go to launch a second fund down the line, you could form another LLC to act as general partner to that fund. You're segregating fund-specific liabilities from the investment manager or the operating company. You're getting better at segregating liabilities. This is good. From an operations perspective, again, it's very context-specific. If you have multiple funds, probably makes sense to bifurcate. If you have multiple different businesses, probably makes sense to bifurcate. If you have outside investors at the management company level and you want to give them a piece of just the carry, probably makes sense to bifurcate. It's at least cleaner. Finally, the cost, it's a little more expensive. Now you've got two entities instead of one. So you got to pay those registered agent fees, formation fees, tax return prep, et cetera, et cetera, twice instead of once. Now, the third very common management company structure is what I call the Bentley. I call it the Bentley because it's the fanciest of these common options. This one starts with the bifurcated structure like we just discussed and gusses it up a little bit. Your general partner is still an LLC, but your investment manager is now a limited partnership. Because your investment manager is a limited partnership, you need another LLC to act as its general partner and block liability from flowing up to the principal's personal assets. The principals, as individuals, are limited partners of the investment manager entity. The investment manager's general partner entity has a minimal economic stake and the principals take most of their economics as limited partners in the investment manager. This structure can, I emphasize can, save you from paying self-employment taxes on net management fee income. I should note that those savings are not guaranteed. And just a couple of weeks ago, there was a tax court ruling casting doubt on this position. So maybe it's even shakier now than it was three weeks ago. That tax court ruling was in the Soroban capital case. Look it up and rely on your own tax advisors. So how does the Bentley score across our four different considerations? Well, from a tax perspective, see above. Rely on your own tax advice. This is the most complicated among the common structures, and it is designed to save the most taxes. From a legal perspective, the Bentley accomplishes all the same liability protection as the bifurcated structure, though it does require one extra entity. You have another LLC that acts as the investment manager general partner. From an operations perspective, again, it accomplishes all the same things as the bifurcated structure. From a cost perspective, this is the Bentley. Obviously, it's the most expensive. You have three management company entities now instead of two. One last reminder that you can always restructure later. It's okay to start simple and restructure later when it makes sense to do so. So this brings us to the conclusion of our management company structures conversation. And the obvious question you're going to ask is, well, what structure is right for me? And the answer to that is, how could I know? I'm just talking to myself. Talk to your own tax and legal advisors and make your own decisions. Well, now that all that boring regulatory analysis is out of the way, it's time for the part you've all been waiting for. The legal disclaimer. In this show, I describe laws and regulations from a 10,000-foot view, and while this should be obvious to most, I need to say it nonetheless. This show is for informational purposes only. 
and nothing said here constitutes legal investment or tax advice. If you're thinking about starting a fund or you're curious about what's involved, this show is a good resource as you explore your options. But if you're going to pull the trigger and launch a fund, please engage an attorney to assist you. Thanks for listening to Tokens of Wisdom with Dave Rothschild. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, follow, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And tell your friends about us. Last but not least, if you have any questions about what we discussed today, feel free to send us an email at tow at colefreeman.com. Spelled out in the show notes.